0: Politicians are put there to give you the idea that you have freedom of choice. You don't. You have no choice. You have owners. I am the rambling madman. I have this feeling, man, because you know there's a handful of people actually run everything. That's true. It's provable. It's not a fuck. I'm not a conspiracy nut. so sensitive, the whole country turned into bitch-ass niggas. Alright everybody, hello and welcome back to another episode of Ramblings of the Madman. Today is episode 6, uh, yeah, we're 6 episodes in, chugging along nicely. I'm the host, Mark Ciccarella, a.k.a. the Rambling Madman. And today we have a very special episode for you. As you can see, I hope you like the funky new intro that I got going on here today. And, um, yeah, that's, that's going to be the intro coming are uh, going forth from here, and for every episode, I have my main man Josh hook it up for me, and um, I, I like the way it came out. So, um, getting into the getting into today's episode, uh, I have a very, very, very special guest coming on today, and uh, his name is Prepper Nurse One. He has a YouTube channel, um, ninety thousand subscribers on YouTube, not too shabby, and uh, basically his YouTube channel is dedicated to living a life off grid and being a quote-unquote doomsday prepper hence the nurse prepper nurse one he is also a nurse so yeah we're gonna get into all sorts of stuff regarding you know prepping and and and, and his life as a prepper and as a and his life living off grid as well and and I, it's it's gonna be a really interesting conversation I, I hope you guys enjoy it i hope you guys find it cool uh, taking a little bit of a break from you know, the harder conspiracy type things that, that that are always you know fun and interesting to hear but you know I'll be the first to admit they can be a, a, a they can be quite exhausting. Um, so I, I don't want to spend too much time, you know, rambling on before we talk to Prepper Nurse here. But uh, I, I guess let's catch up on what's happened uh, over the past week or so since I last spoke to you guys. So I guess the, the biggest thing would be the the um, the news with GameStop and AMC movies. I, I'm not. I'm not no financial expert by any means. I I don't claim to to know the ins and outs of the stock markets. I don't know how, exactly how this happened, but basically a, a Reddit community called Wall Street Bets basically got some insider information, or from, or from what I hear that's what happened. And you know they they made a bunch of billionaires lose a bunch of money GameStop stocks, and um, I I think that's awesome. I think I, I don't know how they did it. I, I'm not like I said I'm no financial expert. I think it's awesome that they were able to do that and you know cause these billionaires so much trouble, if you will. Um, and it was awesome seeing them freak the fuck out on the news and on on CNBC and basically call the people who are taking this money from them peasants and that they don't deserve the, to to get the the money that they're getting on these stocks. And and like I said, I'm not doing the story any justice. Um, if you want to look into what happened, go ahead and Google it. It's all over Google and Twitter and Reddit. Um, so yeah, that was pretty awesome. Yeah, I know a lot of people are pissed off about the stimulus checks. Republicans, are, or not not Republicans, Democrats are, are in particular, are pissed off about the stimulus checks because they feel cheated by Biden because he had promised two thousand dollar stimulus checks and now that's been reduced to fourteen hundred dollars and Republicans want it to be reduced to thousand dollars and so so yeah, that's that's kind of where we're at with politics as of right now or in uh, news in general. You know we're still, you know, keeping a watchful eye out for the COVID monster, um, wearing two masks now. Um, pretty soon it's probably gonna be three or four, and not hugging and kissing our loved ones and staying away from everybody. And uh, yeah, wear a mask when you're outside and wear a mask when you're in your car alone. Um, that's 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 where we're at today. And so um, I'm not gonna waste too much time here. we am just gonna get right into the conversation with Prepper Nurse. and uh, I think it's gonna be an I think it's gonna be a good one. So last thing I want to say before I get into the interview with him is, uh, like I said last week, I have my own website up. Uh, i put in a lot of effort this week to get the website up and look a little bit prettier and, and less bare bones. Um, everything's going good with that. Uh, I also set up a Patreon account, so if you go to my website, if you're on the desktop, uh, on the right upper right-hand corner, you'll see a button that says Support Me. Click on that button, a link will pop up on the screen. If you click that link, it'll take you to Patreon, and if you feel as though I am putting out good content and you want to support the show and keep the show moving and and all that good stuff you can feel free to make a donation um if you're on mobile um on my website there should be three lines in the top right hand corner of the screen click those lines there should be a button that pops up called support me click that button a link should pop up and again click the link and it'll take you to patreon and if you feel like i've done a good job with this show and you want to support me and, and show me your support feel free to send me a donation um, the link to the patreon will also be in the description of the YouTube video. Um, so like I said, if, if you could be so kind as to go through my website to listen to this or go through Spotify and Apple podcasts, I would prefer if YouTube would be the, the last destination that you go to do this or listen to this podcast only because I feel, uh, a, a little, um, offended about them taking my Pizzagate video off. So yeah, I have the site up and running and that's going well. Uh, make sure to share this podcast with your friends and family and, and, Everybody you know who you think might find it interesting. And the more of you who share this podcast on social media, just just copy and paste the link on the Facebook and share it. Um, the more of you who share this podcast, the the easier it becomes for me to make this podcast and, and keep more information coming your way and, you know, keep the ideas flowing and the free speech and the, free, the freedom of idea movement flowing. So without further ado, let's get into our second guest ever on the Ramblings of a Madman podcast. And we're going to bring in Prepper Nurse 1. To the show, so everybody, give a warm welcome to Prepper Nurse One. So, uh, so yeah, you're officially the second guest I've ever had on my podcast. Um, this is my sixth episode. Um, so I just wanted to get you on. I wanted to, to, you know, get get you to talk a little bit about about what you do, um, in terms of your YouTube channel and, um. You know, talk a little bit how you got into prepping, and you know, like if you if you want to get into your your I don't know your origin story of, of becoming a prepper and going off grid.
1: Sure, yeah. Where do you want me to start?
0: Um, I, I, as far back as you're willing to go. I mean, how, how was there was there like a specific incident that that, that made you, or um, not maybe not an incident, but or something something that, that well, happened.
1: My my light bulb moment for me was back in 2005 when Hurricane Katrina hit uh, down oh, in no New man. Orleans okay and the government's response and debacle to that whole incident really was a wake-up call to me because I realized at that point I said man we can't rely on the government if something happens
0: mm-hmm.
1: and at that at that time in my life my twins were four and Josh was 10 years old. And so it was, you know, me, my ex-wife and the kids. And I just, I realized, you know, I need to be taking the lead here and being as ready as I possibly can be um, in case something happens. And so that was my, if you will, defining light bulb moment. And so what I did at that point, um, I started doing research. And I did a lot of research and I read a lot of books, uh, you know, figuring out, you know, what works, what doesn't work. I'm sorry about the dog whining. She's just oh, no, a no, okay. okay. Um, so that was, like I said, that was my defining defining moment. And so, in in the course of my research, one of the books, and I could not tell you who wrote it now uh, or anything like that. But one of the things that stood out in that book that I had read a lot of great information, but like the one thing was, if you can do it, the guy said, live at your bug out retreat full time. He said, "Because the main reason for that is when something happens, not a matter of if, but when something happens, you're already there, and all of your okay. stuff is already in place." And that really, really resonated with me because at the time um, I was living in Greece, New York, which is a suburb of Rochester. So literally, we were from the city, ten, maybe fifteen minutes max from the. If you want to get into the right into the city. Yeah. 10, minutes, yeah. 10, 15 minutes, and you were in the city. And so I just was like, you know, this is not where we need to be.
0: <laughs> so yeah, I'm kind of in like the same boat here. I'm about uh, 20, 25 minutes outside of Philadelphia. Yeah, that's I not don't...
1: not a good place to be. <laughs> no, no. But, okay. but So um, I started at that point looking for a bug out retreat. And so I bought my first property um, in a small town called Avoca which ended up being oh an hour and a half away from Rochester. And I bought 10 acres on the side of a mountain, uh, very little flat land on the property. Uh, I had a bulldozer guy come in here a couple times and start opening it up for me and uh, you know flattening out what he could flatten out. And we started out, we built a uh, 12 by 24 building. We built it ourselves. And then we eventually added on an 8 by 8 addition, which we called the shower room and so that was eventually going to be the bathroom and so uh, I didn't have a well or anything up on that property because it was the elevation was that high Uh, and we were we were probably looking at having to go down a long long way and at fifty dollars a foot it wasn't a doable thing so we set up a rain catchment system Uh, I actually and I I look back now and I laugh because I set up a uh, I had a 90 watt solar system Harbor Freight solar panels on the roof of my building and I had three batteries in a uh, box behind the building and that's how we started out and uh, so what happened was I had uh, you know made some decisions and I was saying to the wife we're gonna move up here full time and instead of paying this $1,225 a month, or 12, yeah, 12, 12, 25 mortgage a month, mm-hmm. we're going to take that money and put it into this property, and we can have a really nice property, because um, the property was already paid for it. I already paid for the property, so I owned it free and clear. Everything that I had built on it was free and clear. I figured, you know, we'll do an addition, we'll do a big addition, and we'll just make our, you know, make it better. Well, she decided to bail at that point. Because as, as much as some of the women out there will say, yes, I'm on board to their husband, um, mm-hmm. a lot of them are not on board. And a lot of times, unfortunately, what happens, and I'm not saying all women because there's a lot of women out there that are preppers, so I'm not trying to slight women in any way, shape, or form, uh, but a lot of women, that just scares the crap out of them, that concept, because they can't mm-hmm. visualize it. Uh, they they think worst case and they, and they're not going to be patient and wait for things to get better.
0: No, that's well, actually that's like, a really interesting point. I don't mean to to kind of interrupt you here, but um, there's a, actually a book. I don't know if you've ever read it. It's called "Behold a Pale Horse" by William Cooper. And um, in this book, he goes into to detail about he he. William Cooper was an, his ex military military intelligence, and he goes into talk about how the military or the 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 powers that be know how how the human mind works and how um in order to get the society to do something one of the first things they need to do is to convince men that you know if they don't do this thing that they won't have any women and and they won't be able to you know procreate and create a family and and stuff like that and that's that's a good point that you brought up is that a lot of people a lot of people see the, the appeal in this life but the, but one of the main things that might be holding them back is, you know, the woman in their life, or, or you know, the family, the family side. side of it.
1: Absolutely, absolutely, yeah, yeah. yep. And so, yeah, there's. I've I've had so many people say to me on on my channel, and they've said, you know, yeah, you know, I would love to do this, but the wife's not gonna, it's not gonna, mm-hmm. you know, not gonna happen. So, but but the thing is, which I I think that a lot of these women are very short sighted in realizing, and this is what I had tried to explain to my ex wife at the time. I said, look at what we're putting out monthly right now. I said, if we live here, we'll have this amount of money every month, free and clear, to do whatever we want with. I said, that's where I was trying to get to. I was trying to get to that point where, you know, everything wasn't going out the door out of every paycheck. And, uh, you know, I was working myself to death at that point in my life, and I just... uh, You know, I was burnt out, and I and I needed to do something to change because I knew I couldn't sustain what I was doing long term. So you know, lowering my footprint, downsizing, and you know, and changing my entire life, if you will, because that's what you do. Mm -hmm. uh, You know, but like I said, so she decided to take off, and so I ended up having to sell that first property in the divorce. And I'm a big believer everything happens for a reason because in the course of that time. Uh, I contacted a real estate agent, and I said, okay, this is what I'm looking for, and I want to be you know, within an hour of Rochester, and so we ended up finding the place where I'm at now, and uh, it was just, it was perfect because, you know, it was funny, when we looked at the property initially, my mom had gone with me, and a real estate lady's like, well, here's this property here, and it's got this like shack on it, which is like a hunting lodge cabin thing which was, you know, was rough shape. Mm-hmm. A couple of campers attached to it and I mean the land was just, you know, undeveloped. I mean it was a rutted dirt path. I mean it was bad, really bad. And so I looked at this property. It had a well on it, it had an artesian well on it. Uh, you know, it the location was absolutely perfect. It's on a side road, on a side road on a dead end dirt road. So I mean, location-wise, we don't have through traffic. Uh, the town has nothing to do with the maintenance of our road so the people that live up here take care of that and uh, I really that really appealed to me and I looked at my mom and I'm like I love this property and she goes you know what I do too and I said I see the potential of what it could be well the real estate lady was looking at me like I had three heads but I could see (laughs) you have to have that vision of what could this be and uh, you know so we bought the property and we got started and uh, so we ended up, I started out by putting a 37-foot camper on the property and, uh, you know, bringing supplies up in the camper. And then now we call it the shop, but it was like the outbuilding and uh, start, started out with that. Well, we ended up moving up here and I remember telling my children because I mean I, I had custody of my well I mean we had joint custody but my kids were with me full-time I mean that's okay, the, okay. that's the way it was my kids the mother you know their mom a lot of issues but that's neither here nor there but uh, so I had my kids full-time and uh, in the divorce I had it stipulated that the children will go to school wherever I resided so I knew we were going to be making a move I just didn't know to where mm-hmm. and uh, so when we knew we were coming here you know they were gonna to go to school out here and it, was, and it ended up being perfect because it's a great school district and uh, it was just really really good overall so what happened was we get out here and we started out again in a 37 foot camper uh, so the kids had you know bunk beds for their bedroom you know and I had the main bedroom and uh, that's how we started out and I remember telling them I said okay listen I said these first two weeks up here are gonna suck I said, but if you trust me, they will get better. And they're like, okay, Dad. So one of the first things I did uh, is I set up the solar system. And we had a small solar system, and I had a backup generator. Well, the day before we made the move up to the property, I was diagnosed with cancer. So you wanna talk about a monkey wrench thrown into your plans? That was a major monkey wrench thrown into my plan. So I ended up having uh, surgery that July. We moved up to the property at the end of June. Uh, I had surgery that July for um, cancer, and uh, so it was a major, major surgery. So mm-hmm. my my entire plans changed of what I was going to do next. So I ended up buying a 14 by 40 lofted barn. Uh, we had that brought in here, and we had it had a front door and a back door. And uh, one of my subscribers, um, you know, he contacted me, and he's also in New York, and he had said, "Listen, I want to come to your property." Uh, We had to redo the um, the base of the building, um, you know, the foundation, because it wasn't secure enough. I had them put the blocks in wrong because I just didn't know. And so he said, "I'm going to come and I'm going to spend three days there and I'm going to help you." And I was like, "Okay." And so he drove from across the other side of New York and came over here. Um, He stayed in a hotel. Um, down in town he you know um, wouldn't take gas money nothing he said I'm doing this for good karma uh, he said my wife is a cancer survivor and I just want to do this for good karma so we ended up having to jack the house up resetting all these blocks and uh, after resetting all those blocks I was in a tremendous amount of pain I mean it was it was bad bad because I wasn't you know close to being healed at that point and so um, he ended up putting in the windows that we have in, our pro- in the house and uh, you know and I just I, I couldn't you know begin to thank him enough for that that small contribution of his time um, you know it made such a difference but anyway so then we got going we got the house insulated uh, by the time we it was November we ended up finally getting the wood stove in the house so we had to get the house wired first insulated you know uh, then you know we were starting to work on getting the um, well we ended up putting up uh, plywood on the walls and uh, so we were in the process of that building out the rooms but it had gotten too cold to stay in the camper anymore so we were sleeping on the floor uh, in the house in front of the fireplace yeah so it was a, it was a very interesting interesting time I remember we got through that first winter and in the spring I said to the kids I said, okay, if there's one thing that I can do to make your lives better up here right now, what is it? And it was a unanimous more power. Imagine that, right? (laughs) So um, I revamped my solar system. There's a gentleman that lives out in Oklahoma, um, Bill and Rosa. Uh, They've been off-grid probably a year or two longer than I have. And so I had spoke with him, and he said, copy my system. And so I did and uh, you know that's what you know we up, we went from a 12 volt system to a 24 volt system uh, I added more solar panels I swapped out my batteries that I had at the time and upgraded my batteries and we did we we used that those batteries for several years and then this last year I upgraded my batteries again built a new battery room um, you know we the year before we built a new solar rack it's been a, a lot of work uh, a work in progress but every year things get better Uh, you know it just continues to grow Um, this last year in September my mom and my sister uh, they got a a, you know my sister bought a 14 by 40 lofted barn as well brought it in converted into her living uh, home and the one of the main reasons I upgraded my batteries was because now I'm running two homes off my solar system so it's uh, it's been quite an adventure Uh, it's been a lot of fun it's a lot of hard work what I would the one thing I would tell anybody, if they are contemplating moving off grid, okay, really, really important, the one thing that I would tell them is make sure that you realize everything is not going to go smoothly. There's going to be bumps in the road. Uh, you know, things are going to happen. You know, monkey wrenches are going to be thrown into the works. You just have to ride it out and realize what your long term goal is. And if your partner, or whoever you're with, can, you know, go with that, and realize, and look at the, the end result, if you had told me I'd be where I'm at six years ago, now, I probably wouldn't have believed it, but we've just, you know, we've worked hard, we've worked methodically, and it just, you know, every year, it just gets better.
0: Wow, that, that was, that was a great, that was a great, uh, answer to the, uh, to the, your introduction to prepping, and, um, yeah, it's, that's really interesting, and, and, and I guess it's just like you got to go into it with the with the mindset that it's not supposed to be easy. Would you agree with yeah. that?
1: I was, you know, I, my channel was quite small at the time, and I was living, um, you know, still in Greece, and I would do videos in my basement, and I had like a ton of preps in there, and uh, you know, because I that was uh, like one of the first things, getting bug out bags, and you know, and everything else, and trying to make my house more efficient. And, you know, I put a insert in the wood stove because if we had to hunker down at home for a while, you know, that was going to be the game plan.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, you know, getting all those things squared away for there and then at the same time trying to get things squared away up here at the property. So, you know, it's it, it definitely, uh, you know, having that vision and, and people would say to me, I, I've been following you since you were doing videos in the basement. <laughs> and I remember you talking about that you're going to go and live off grid. And they go, and you did it. And the funny part is, and this is why I I always say at the end of my videos, I always talk about STD, step, thing, and day. So everybody thinks they know what STD means, right? But it means step, thing, and day. If you work methodically, whatever you're trying to do, you can do it. And your retractors and the people that telling you that you can't do it. I mean, I had one of my best friends said to me, "There's no way you're going to do it." And my reply was always the same watch me when pe- when people told me you're never gonna get that stuff ready before winter watch me because I didn't have a choice I had to get things squared away I had to get things done and we did you know um we were very very fortunate I had um I had help from my family my mom helped me out a tremendous amount that first year when we were up here and uh, she actually moved from Florida back to New York Um, at that time and so she had moved down into town and they were living down in town so um, she was very very supportive and very very helpful and that made such a big difference such a big difference and uh, you know and now I'm able to repay her back because now she's living here and uh, when I do my addition this year on my on my house uh, she's going to be moving in with me
0: yeah I I had uh, heard you'd mentioned that in your in your video earlier today and um since you've since you've gone off grid full time, and um, now you live completely off grid, what's what's been the biggest challenge you faced so far, uh, or or one of the, one of the moments that sticks out to you as something uh, maybe not as a big challenge, or, or maybe what's what's like a bizarre moment that you've had living off grid?
1: Um. Well, it's just you know a lot of people will walk into going off grid with those rose-colored glasses on, okay. Mm. It's going to be wonderful. Everything's going to be great. Um, We're going to just have a great time. It's going to be fun. And it's not. (laughs) You know, it it is. Hey, 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 stop. Um, It is a lot of hard work, but if it is your passion, truly your passion, you don't mind the hard work. I look at it like this the hard work actually helps me to stay in better physical condition. Than you know, doing an office job and doing a nine to five grind and coming home and sitting on the couch and watching TV and those type Mm -hmm. of things. Um, I have daily chores that I have to do every single day. Especially when you have animals, Uh, they don't care if you're sick. They don't. They they don't think. They want to be taken care of. So you have responsibilities. So I think that's probably responsibilities would be the biggest difference. And I, I really I don't want to say it's a challenge, but it's just different. You're, you know, your life is different, but different in a good way. Um, a lot of peace of mind comes with it, but you better be willing to work. Um, you better be willing to realize that everything is not going to go perfectly. You're going to have power outages. You're going to have, um, you know, like I said, those monkey wrenches thrown into the mix. Um, when I had mentioned, you know, to people when, you know, that I had cancer, and I said, you know, got it's a monkey wrench thrown into works, and somebody, I'll never forget it, somebody said, that's a pretty big monkey wrench. And I'm like, you know what, it is, but it's like, it's really, it would have been very easy at that point to say, well, you know what, I got cancer, so I, I can't do this, I'm gonna get an apartment. And it, was, it never entered my mind. It never entered my mind. Uh, you know, I was like, okay, this is just something that I have to deal with. We'll deal with it, we'll move on. It probably took me a year after that surgery to feel somewhat normal again to be honest with you um and i will never rehab the strength that i had before my surgery that that's just i really have to pace myself now so i i I try to always contribute that to age (laughs) but um i know part of it's because of the surgery that i can't go like i used to go
0: so um with the world the way it is today um we have a lot of craziness going on um in terms of politics and, and, and COVID society. I mean, COVID dominates the news cycle. Um, do you think with that with that with with everything that's going on in the news, between politics and COVID and, and you know, the potential war with, you know, China and Iran, Do you, do you think now more than ever, more people are going to start, you know, looking to go into a life of maybe living off-grid?
1: I'm going to tell you what. There has been a mass exodus of people leaving cities, um, mm. Buying more rural property, and uh, you know, changing their, you know, they may not be going off grid per se, but they're getting out of that rat race of the cities. Uh, there's been a huge upswing in people prepping, people looking to go off grid, um, you know, looking for people, looking for guidance, looking for people that you know. And I'm going to tell you, and this is the advice I would give anybody because, like, when I decided to, you know, upgrade my solar system. I went and sought the guidance of somebody that was already doing it that was already living it you know having somebody tell you what you should do and what you shouldn't do and they have no background knowledge first hand knowledge of that that's not who you want to listen to you want to listen to the guy that lives it and like I said Bill and Rosa is another off grid channel and uh, that's what you know I, I followed and listened to him and had several conversations with him and you know he his channel never did take off. Um, but you know he good guy, very, very solid guy um, will would talk to you and help anybody. And he probably had uh, half a dozen people that literally built the same exact system that he did. And uh, you know and thank good, and thank goodness for people like that when you know when I was starting out, and hopefully you know I mean I know that a lot of people look to me to, you know as far as mentorship and stuff like that and I'm always willing to help uh, to talk to people to try to guide them in that right direction because that's I'm gonna tell you what the number one thing for my channel for me is I try to teach people not to be victims that's the most important thing help yourselves and that's really important if you can be proactive in working and striving to helping yourself. Like here's a very simple statistic that when you think about it, how simple it is to put yourself in an upper echelon. 95% of people in this country, now this is according to FEMA and the Red Cross, If so if people don't believe me, look it up. 95% of the people in this country are not prepared for a two week disaster. So what does that mean? Having enough food and water to supply them for a two-week period of time in case of any kind of natural disaster—that boggles my mind simply because what we face in this country every single year: forest fires, um, you know, snowstorms, ice storms, hurricanes, tornadoes, you know, flooding. All these things are going to happen every single year, and they happen every year, and still people don't prep. It just blows me away that they don't. But is a simple, a simple thing is having two weeks worth of food and water puts you up in an upper echelon of preparedness that most people will never do. It's amazing.
0: Yeah, yeah, and that actually leads me right into my next question for you, um, which was I, I wanted to ask you to bring up a video that I had seen when I had first come across your channel. Um, I had actually seen the video a few years ago, but you know, I, I didn't really check out your channel at the time. And then, you know, when the whole COVID thing started breaking out, you know, I guess, wow, it's almost a year ago now that uh, COVID started breaking out in the news and, and, you know, taking over the lies of how we live our lives, the way we, taking over the way of how we live our lives, I came across your channel again and that same video came up about you talking about, you know, when shit, hit, if shit does hit the fan and, you know, everybody's always like, well, I'll never give up and I'll never go to the FEMA camps and, you and you know they'll have to pry me out of my house. And but you've made a statement on your channel, and you and you said that ninety percent of the people who who are in these areas of FEMA or, or being affected in by disaster in a way that they would have to go to a FEMA shelter, ninety percent of these people would give up their guns and go willingly to these to these shelters and these camps. And do you want to talk about that for a little bit?
1: Yeah, sure. That video actually is probably still my most viewed video ever. I got like 1.7 million views on that video. And it said 90% of people will go to FEMA camps willingly and here's why. And I break it down and it's really really quite simple. Um you know, people always think, "Well, the government's going to come and they're going to sweep and they're going to do this or that or whatever." No, they're never they don't need to do that. All they have to do is wait you out. So what do I mean by that? All they have to do is have it set up where if you come into the FEMA camp willingly we're gonna have medical treatment we're gonna have food we're gonna have shelter you'll have Wi-Fi whatever you know whatever the case may be and if you are are you so used to living that way with all those amenities and then you you know you're think well I'm gonna hold out I'm not going to no FEMA camp I'm not giving up my guns I'm not doing this and that then your daughter gets sick and she has some life-threatening sickness and you can't treat that out there in the bush somewhere you know without the amenities and stuff like that people will give up they will go in people will get tired of living the way you know that you know with without the amenities and stuff like that and so they'll give up and they'll quit the wives will be nagging at them I can't take this this is horrible let's 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 go in they're gonna give us help believe me there's a lot of factors that go into it so one of the things that I was trying to explain to people and so my philosophy with living off-grid and doing what I'm doing is I try to explain to people I want everything everybody else wants except I don't want to have to pay somebody else to get it so my perception of things when I looked at things was I want to keep things as normal as possible in a post event so with having my own solar system if the grid goes down let's say we had a major grid down situation I still have power so I can still have lights and I can still take a hot shower and I can still do all the things that everybody else is now no longer doing the only thing probably be that would be different is we wouldn't have internet access but if you can keep things as normal as possible especially for the kids for the wives in those type of situations Um, The adjustment period is going to be much easier than... I mean, I I always try to tell people this, and this is a scenario that I try to put into people's minds. I say, if the lights went off tomorrow and we're not coming back on, how ready are you? And surprisingly enough, and it's not really surprising to me as a prepper, most people go, oh, I, I have very little. Exactly. And most people out there are in that same boat. So if you can put yourself in a different boat where your family's going to go, "Geez, you know what? I didn't understand why you did what you did, but now now I see it and thank you so much for doing it." You know, you're you're not doing it for the accolades, you're doing it because you want your people to survive. You want them not only to survive, but you want them to sur- to thrive. There's a big difference in surviving and thriving. <laughs> a big big difference. You know, and you know psychologically people absolutely underestimate the ability to take a hot shower so let me give you a a scenario that happened so I had my other property when we first started at my other property and we would go up there all day and we'd be working and you're dirty and you're nasty and you know you'd you'd heat up some water over the fire and you could take that sponge bath but when we set up our shower room and I had uh, the rain catchment system set up and had the propane and a hot water on demand unit and was able to take a hot shower at the end of the day, psychologically, that was just such a victory. Um, And it just felt so great. And it's something as simple as that that can make a difference um, in your mindset and how you feel about your situation.
0: Yeah. You know, a lot of people wouldn't think of that I don't think the hot shower would be like the thing that would come across people's minds when you talk about things like this, and, and that's that's very interesting this, because it is it's a lot of it's like the mental aspect. People don't think about not being able to take showers and, and shit like that, and it's just there's a lot there's a lot to to think about when when it comes to these types of uh, topics, and so. <sighs> So you already mentioned you know the, most people you know they're they're not prepared for a two week disaster not most people ninety five percent of people are aren't ready for a two week disaster now I, and i, I I'd, I'd assume that most of my my listeners aren't ready for a two week disaster so if you could make any recommendation what are like what's what's a couple items you would if for for you would recommend that people have you know if they're if they're not going off grid and they're, and they're not necessarily ready for a two week uh, disaster, what are a couple items that you would definitely recommend that people keep in the Okay, order
1: water? the number one thing that people should have, the number one thing, is some way to purify water. It's very, very simple. Hold on one second, I'm going to grab it and I'm going to tell you an example of something. Hold on. Okay, okay. Of course, it's not right where I need it to be. All right, I can't find it off the top of my head here. Okay, I'm sorry, I just, I was looking forward to, I wanted to give you the exact name of it, but uh, there are, if you go to Walmart, for an example, and you go to the sporting goods section, they have a lot of different things um, there that can purify water. In a post-event, most people are going to die from dysentery, not from being shot, um, not from some other thing, other diseases or stuff. they'll die from dysentery, because they're going to drink tainted water, and when they drink tainted water, they're going to get diarrhea, and they're going to they're going to die because of that. Okay, so being able to purify water is the number one thing people need to think about. Without fresh water, you're dead in three days. So having a, you know like I said that two week supply of fresh water, but then having some way to purify water. And there's a whole bunch of different ways that you can go with that. Um, I would encourage people to just do the research. Purifying water, you know, uh, water purification. You know, catadine um, you know, is one, it's a camping thing that they, they have. Uh, there's so many different options out there. It, it, it's, you know, it's beyond, beyond how many that are out there. But uh, one of the things that I have in my preps, and I have it in my home, is a big Berkey. Uh, it, I think it's a really great thing to have. Again, purify water, again, great thing to have. So you can take that tainted water, put it in there, and then you can drink it afterwards. I would encourage people to have that number one more than anything else after that is getting food and when it comes to food buy things that you will eat if you've never eaten rice on a regular basis um, should you have rice in your preps absolutely you should because it's a good base to have anyway but if you don't eat rice on a regular basis in your diet that's not going to be your go-to food but if it is that's great um, beans any kind of beans you know, uh, split peas, yellow beans. Uh, I'm trying to think: uh, kidney beans, black beans. You know, you name it. Any kind of beans. They have a very nice long shelf life, a 30-year shelf life. They're a good thing to have in your preps as well. I would suggest that people get canned goods, get things that you eat on a regular basis. So if you go to the store, and this is a really simple way, because I, I always get this this argument: well, I don't have the money to get extra stuff. Okay. I tell people I don't care how poor you are you have the money if you make you know if you do it so instead of buying one can of let's say let's go with chicken noodle soup so you go to the store and you normally buy two cans of chicken noodle soup a week right so instead of buying two you buy four cans and then you start a rotation So the next time you go to the store, the next week to buy your chicken noodle soup again, instead of buying two cans, you buy four cans again. Now you have the two cans that you're going to use in that week. Now you have four cans as a backup. And your oldest stuff you use first. And so, you know, I don't care if it's raviolis, uh, you know, peas, corn, whatever in, in a can, meat in the can, all those type of things, but get things you're going to eat. Get things that you would eat on a regular basis now. Uh, canned fruits are another great thing to have most people like fruits so you know get your pineapple uh, you know get your pears your peaches you know your fruit cocktail those type of things really good stuff to have Um, you know you want to have something like I said you you can do it very slowly and before you know it um, you actually have a lot of preps I've had many many people tell me because you know they listen to my channel and they started doing it the way that I have said um, and I had, you know, I've had people on very, very fixed incomes, and they've said to me, you know what? Because of listening to you, I did what you said, and now I have six months, eight months worth of backup as far as food goes. And it, to me, that's just that that it makes me happy because that's one less victim out there. And that's what I want people to do. I want them to be proactive. Don't look for somebody else to be your savior. Save yourself. So, and, and like I said, and you, anybody can do it. You just have to work at it slowly and methodically. Um, you know, when is the the other shoe going to drop? Nobody knows. Nobody knows, but it will drop at some point. And how ready are you for that? So why would you not put yourself in a position not only to survive but to thrive in a post event? That's what I never could understand.
0: Absolutely, absolutely, and um, you know, hopefully, you know, more and more people are starting to wake up to that and. Are gonna, you know, take this advice and, it, you know, it it just makes me a lot more thankful for people like you who are out there spreading these messages and, and you're doing so by you know just living your normal life. Um, you're, no, it might not have been normal for you when you first started your channel, but as right now you're just it, it's basically like you're making a documentary about your life, and um, I, I just think that's awesome. I think the what you do and 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 it just it just promotes. Free thinking, and, and I'm, I'm all about that, and that's what this show is about, is, um, you know, I love to say it, it the goal of this show is to promote the idea of freedom of freedom of ideas and freedom of thinking, not necessarily just free speech, but, you know, free thinking, because we can say a lot of things, but we don't always think about those things that we say, and um, that's one of the biggest things I, I like to take away from this show, and one of the things I like to take away from your video, from your videos, is every video you always end your videos with like a, a very positive message and, and along the lines of doesn't matter who you are just love each other and um that's that's one of my biggest messages always is you know uh and a lot in today's society now so more so than ever you know we're, we're always fighting against each other um for for no reason really uh we're, we hate people that we've never even met before because of opinions that have been Brought down by from, from media and in politics and I just I just love that message of, of you know peace love and positivity that you spread at, at the end of your of, of your videos. Well,
1: you know, it, it's amazing to me. It's unfortunate, actually, how easily manipulated we are as a society. Mm-hmm. So when 9-11 happened, then you know Al Qaeda, ISIS, they became the boogeyman. So then all of a sudden you know we had this new enemy, this invisible enemy to hate um, you know these these uh, you know these Muslims that were trying to take over everything and there was a lot of hate crimes after 9/11 yep. uh, of people yep. people attacking American Muslims um, which is very very unfortunate because it's like you know what because of the actions of a small fraction of people of a religious group, you can't blame everybody for those actions. No,
0: exactly. You know,
1: and so that's why I always try to tell people. I always say, you know, we're all in this together, you know, because we're one race called the human race. Um, they have had us divided for so long, uh, especially the white and black aspect of it. You know, hating each other because of you know that or looking down on somebody because you know they were different than we were, and it and it's just it's it's insanity to think that way. And they do it. And I say they. I mean the powers that be, the people that are really truly in charge. Exactly. They want exactly. us fighting each other, because as long as we're continuing to fight each other over race, religion, or politics, um, we will never focus on the true problem. Which really, truly, if people would look at it, is big business and the government. That's the that's the problem. Uh, they want to control everything, every aspect of your life you know you look at all the rules that we have now that we didn't have a hundred years ago you have to get permission to hunt so you have to get your hunting license and if you don't have your hunting license and the game warden catches you it's huge huge fines Uh, fishing same thing fishing license you have to have a fishing license you know when you build something on your property you better get permission from the town or because if you don't they'll come in and fine you they may make you take it down i mean there's just so many things now uh, so many aspects of control uh, once you get into suburbia and let's say you decide hey i'm gonna I'm gonna put up a wind turbine and uh, try to create some of my own power. well you better look at what the rules are for living in that town because they may have it in their bylaws that you're not allowed to have a wind turbine and if that's the rule, guess what you don't get it <clears throat> and you think you know that this is my property and I can do what I want, but you really can't
0: that's I couldn't agree more with anything. than that what you just said right there and um we are are we are stuck you know fighting each other i i i made a big point in my a couple of my early episodes you know talking about i don't get caught up in you know identity politics and because i think you know we all have our political opinions but when we get so passionate about these political opinions all we end up doing is separating ourselves and um and and I, I I think since I don't know for the last five or so years we've seen this push to where like you can't just have a political opinion anymore it has to be your entire identity and if so you come across somebody who doesn't have that I, what, a political opinion which is now an identity like it, it's it's like unacceptable and it causes all this chaos and it's just and if only we could just you know talk about this shit and and it, Life could be so much easier if we could just talk about how we actually feel and, and you know, converse these things out and, and actually, you know, grow as a society. Nonetheless, uh, I, I think I think this is a good place to stop. And you've been a, you've been a tremendous guest for me, um, probably my best guest so far. You're only my second guest, so. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> well, now, no, I,
1: no problem, my pleasure. And like I said, you know what? As long as people realize that we're in this together regardless of race religion uh political identity you know at the end of the day when something goes really truly wrong nobody's going to care what your political affiliation exactly. is nobody's going to care what religion you are uh nobody's going to care what race you are as long as you can help each other that's what it's going to be about
0: yeah exactly and uh listen man thank you again for coming on the show it means a lot to me uh, as a small podcaster you know trying to grow um you know i'm trying to start my own platform here because um uh, YouTube took down one of my videos that was my most popular video uh, or podcast episode. They took down my most popular podcast episode because I was talking about, um, you know, Jeffrey Epstein, and so they just took it completely off of the internet. So I, so after that happened, I was like, you know, what, I'm just gonna make my own website. I'm gonna tell all my listeners, you know, go to my website and um, try to, if you can, just go to my website and and view my content through the, through the website instead of going through YouTube. And uh, that's what I've been trying to push um, in terms of, of, of this show. And uh, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about your show? Plug go ahead and plug your show before before you get on out of here.
1: Alright, I'm sorry. Um, so yeah, my my um my website. Well, I have a website and I have my YouTube channel. My YouTube channel is Prepper Nurse One. Um, it's basically geared towards prepping and living off grid. I also have a website, prepper nurse one.com, that people can go.
0: Alright, I'm not really sure what happened to those last few seconds of uh, audio footage there. But um yes, again, you can go to his website, you can find his YouTube channel, he is Prepper Nurse One. He was a tremendous guest for me today and, and gave some great insight and great conversation and great dialogue into his way of life and living and with, with everything that goes involved in with everything that's involved in living a life off grid and prepping and all that. Um, so, yeah, I want to thank Prepper Nurse for coming on the show today. He did not have to do that. I'm a very small podcaster, very small content creator. And it if only everybody could be like Prepper Nurse and, and you look out for the little guys. Um, so, yeah, that that's about it for today, guys. Uh, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Ramblings of a Madman. Uh, this is your host, Mark Ciccarella, a.k.a. The Rambling Madman. And uh, just remember, um, keep on keeping on. And we are all gods out here. And have a wonderful day. <laughs>